If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Second Peter chapter 1. I want to begin with verse 19. I want to preach this morning about prophecy. Now, a lot of people kind of jump when they hear that word or jump back, you might say, because there's so much in the world that's called prophecy that's really it's not, amen. And remember Jesus warned that in the last days there'd be many false prophets. But I don't want to dwell on the false prophets this morning. I want us to look at what the Word of God has to say about prophecy and that uh, you and I have something to see in God's Word that should give us a great assurance of our faith and assurance of our salvation this morning because of what the Word of God says about prophecy itself. Now, I've, I've heard, I'm not sure if this is true, but I've heard that one-third of the Bible is prophecy. I believe 100% of the Bible is prophecy. Amen? I believe 100% of the Bible is prophecy. Now, when you think, just for example, you think about Moses, uh, he was the, the author, the writer of the first five books of the Bible. Now, Moses was not there when the book of Genesis was taking place. And some of the others, he just wasn't born yet. And the point is that God, by his spirit, gave Moses the knowledge of what took place in the past. And to know the future is probably no more miraculous than to know the past because God had to reveal it unto Moses and tell Moses what to write. But turn with me now to the scripture we mentioned, Second Peter 1 and verse 19. And we want to look at three verses in Second Peter chapter 1. Verse 19, 20, and 21. And if you'll notice, the word prophecy, I believe, is mentioned in all three of these verses. We have also a more sure word of prophecy. Whereunto you do well that you take heed, as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts. <clears throat> Knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Now, if I counted right, the word prophecy is in each one of these verses. Notice this, what it says in verse 19. We have also a more sure word of prophecy. Now, I've heard a lot of prophecies in my life. I've seen some of these so-called prophets. They get up and they can tell people's social security number. They can tell people where they live. They can tell people what their phone number is. They can tell people 
what color eyes they have, and all this ridiculous stuff that they're coming out with. And many false prophets, they do many things that attract a lot of attention. But you and I, you know what we have? We have a more sure word of prophecy. The other day I bought a microphone, it's kind of like this one, and the brand of it was Sure. S-U-R-E, I believe that's spelled, or maybe it's S-H-U-R-E on the microphone. But I was a little bit familiar with that brand, and I thought, well, I feel pretty confident about this microphone, so I'll go ahead and buy it. And by the way, I paid $5 for it, so don't get excited. But it was I, I tried it out, and it turned out to be a brand-new microphone. It worked perfectly. But what made me so sure of it to begin with was the name of it. And what can make us so sure about a prophecy that we hear today is that it comes from the Word of God. Amen? It kind of reminds me of a few years ago, a preacher friend of mine told me that somebody said that, somebody asked him, said, well, preacher, if you have a word from the Lord... Tell it to me. And the preacher told him, he says, you got a Bible? <laughs> Amen. You have a Bible? For that's our word from the Lord. We have a more sure word of prophecy. And as we look at these scriptures, uh, there's another scripture that talks about the scriptures. 2 Timothy 3.16 all scripture, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction and instruction in righteousness. All scripture is the word of God. All scripture is profitable because all scripture came as the word of prophecy. Jesus says the law and the prophets, uh, they testify me. He said, search the scriptures, uh, for in them you think you have eternal life, and these are they which testify of me. Listen, we have a book here, a whole book, the Bible, that testifies about Jesus Christ. If people will just take some time to look into the book, into the Bible, we will see that these scriptures that testify about Jesus Christ, they're prophecy. Amen? We think about the prophet Isaiah. Some people even call it the gospel of Isaiah because he prophesied so much about Jesus. Isaiah is the one that told us a virgin shall conceive and bring forth a son and his name shall be called Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Isaiah the prophet is the one that told us for unto us a son is given, unto us a child is born and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father and the Prince of Peace. 
Daniel the prophet told us about the coming of the Messiah that would come and fulfill all the great and precious promises uh, and that he would come and be cut off in the midst of the week, in the middle of the week of seven years, uh, that week uh, that Christ was born in, yet he would be cut off in the midst of that time, but not for himself, but for you and me. Yes, Jesus came into this world to suffer and to die for you and me. Jesus was the mighty God manifest in the flesh for you and me. He came to reveal himself. The Bible says he came not in the form of an angel, but he came as a seed of Abraham. He came as a servant, uh, and he fulfilled the will of God. He was holy, harmless, undefiled, and separate for, from sinners. Yet he loved sinners. Amen. He died for sinners. He died for you and me, the righteous for the unrighteous the holy for the unholy. He came to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. That's what the prophets were getting at. The prophets weren't there to entertain people no more than God's preachers are trying to entertain people today. We're trying to help people. We're trying to show them the way. We're trying to point people to Jesus. Jesus talked about the greatest prophet ever born of woman, John the Baptist. Did you know John the Baptist was a prophet? He was the end of the Old Testament prophets and the beginning of the New Testament prophets. Jesus said the law was until John. The law came by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Now we have the fulfillment of the law in Christ. And that's what the prophets were trying to tell us. The apostles, whenever they quoted a scripture, it was a scripture of the prophets. And they talked about these prophecies came not for their sake alone, but for our sake, for our benefit. And you and I are benefited. We are profited by the words of these old prophets and by the words of the New Testament prophets. Some people don't realize there's prophets in the New Testament what there were. He gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the edifying of the body of Christ. You see, it's the word that prompts us. It's the scriptures. The Bible says no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. I've heard people say, well, it means one thing to you and something else to me. No, if we get it right, it's going to mean the same thing to every one of us. Amen? The scriptures are going to mean the same thing to every one of us if we get it from God. If the Spirit of God is our teacher, if the Holy Spirit of God quickens us and alarms us and makes us alive to what God is saying. 
He's not trying to teach you one thing and me something else. He's trying to teach us all the same thing. Matter of fact, one of the disciples said that we should all teach and preach the same thing. But now, how many thousands of different churches and denominations are there? Because everybody has their own private interpretation. Some of them like to look at it this way, and some of them like to look at it that way. But we need to pay more heed and attention to the prophecy of the Word of God. Let's look back at that verse 19. 2 Peter 1 and 19. We have also a more sure word of prophecy. Whereunto you do well that you take heed. Now, when the Bible says you do well, it doesn't mean that you might be a little bit better off if you take heed to it. Now, some people like to give free advice. Matter of fact, most people like to give free advice. They don't charge you a thing. They're always got something to advise you about. They always know just the answer to all your problems. And they would say, well, you might do a little bit better if you do it this way or that way. That's not what it means. When you do well with God and his word, that means you're going to be saved. Amen. If you do well, that means you'll be saved. If you don't do well, that means you'll be lost. So we would do well to take heed to this more sure word of prophecy. Now, if it's more sure, I believe it will make us more sure. Amen. How many of you want to be more sure about what you believe? You want to be more sure about your salvation. Some people, their salvation is just not very solid. They say, well, I hope I'm saved. I hope I've done the right things. I hope I've done this and done that. I tell you where a hope needs to lie, it needs to lie in what Jesus did. Our hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. That's not just a song. That's where our hope lies. Did you know the book of Hebrews says this hope that we have is the anchor of our soul. That's important. I've never done a lot of boating and floating in the water and all that. Some of you have done a lot more than I have. But I got enough sense to know that when a storm comes up, you need an anchor. Is that right? You need an anchor. And you need to be sure the anchor holds. Now, our faith, the Bible says our faith is the anchor of our soul. And Jesus told Peter one day, you know, Peter was about as you know, about like this water here. He was always bouncing around and uh, moved around in the wrong direction. But he loved the Lord. Amen. He loved the Lord. He promised God all kind of things he couldn't keep. Uh, but nevertheless, Jesus loved Peter. He said, Peter, I prayed for you that your faith would not fail. Now, Peter failed a lot. 
But when Peter started walking firmly and securely in faith in these prophecies of the scriptures, he couldn't fail. Amen. And if you and I will do the same thing, remember, who was the person that God used the most on the day of Pentecost when Peter got filled with the Holy Ghost? It was Peter, amen? And you and I are filled with the Holy Ghost and we're walking in faith and doing the things that God says to do. We do well that we take heed to these prophecies. Look at verse uh, verse 20, I believe it is. 2 Peter 1 and verse 20. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of the Scripture is of any private interpretation. You know what the world offers you? The world offers you private interpretations. They say, come into our movement, come into our cult, come into our way of doing things, and then God will reveal to you. When you get to the 32nd and 33rd degree, you'll learn something then. You'll be one of the Illuminati, one of the enlightened ones. That's a bunch of junk. Amen. You don't need to go through all these secret societies and these secret weird religions. You just need to sit out and look. Scripture is given by inspiration of God. That word inspiration, a lot of people have no idea what it means. They say, well, that little poem really inspired me. Let me tell you something. I don't remember but one poem that I ever learned in school. I think that I shall ever see a poem lovely as a tree, and that's all I remember of it. I've seen a lot of pretty trees, but none of them inspired me. A tree that stands in winter bare or something like that. Lord, you probably know the rest of it. Anybody remember that silly little poem? Beautiful poem. But the point is, it did not inspire me. The only tree that ever inspired me was the tree of life. The Bible says you and me shall be trees of righteousness. But just a little poem about a tree that stands in winter bare. That's depressing to me. When I see a tree standing up there, no leaves on it, just dead. We got a tree in our front yard. I don't know if any of you see it. I'm sure, Tim, you and Lori have noticed it before. We got one of the ugliest old trees in our front yard. It's standing there, and it looks like the headless, the headless horseman. Every once in a while, I said, well, we ought to get a, a jack-o'-lantern or a pumpkin and give it a head. At least it's the ugliest tree. It looks dead. Now, that tree couldn't inspire anybody. I think it inspired us a few times to cut it down. But what I'm trying to say, people use the word inspire because they don't know any other word to use. But the point is, the word of God is inspired. And inspired means God breathed. Amen. God breathed. 
holy men of God spake as they were breathed upon. Jesus breathed upon his disciples and said, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. He breathed on them. He wasn't just doing like these silly old men on television and everybody falls out. He didn't do that. He breathed the breath of life on them and told them to receive the Holy Ghost. Holy men of God spake as they were breathed upon by the Holy Ghost. Inspired, inspiration of God. And that's where we get the prophecy. The prophecy of the Word of God. The prophecies of the Scripture. There God breathed. There God anointed. There God's Word. And when God's word came into the old prophets of old and gave them his word to speak and to write, then that was God's way of revealing himself unto you and me. Remember, prophecy is the word of God. Amen? Prophecy is the word of God. And then the word, the Bible says, in the beginning was the word. Those prophecies were from everlasting to everlasting. Many people think, well, we'll get rid of the Bibles. You know, pretty soon there won't be any Bibles. There's more Bibles down there ever has been. Amen. If you don't believe me, ask the Gideons. If you don't believe me, ask the people on the other side of the world. The Word of God is going everywhere. The Word of God will endure as long as this world endures and beyond that. You know why? Because it didn't originate here in the, in the earth, and it won't be gone when the earth is gone. The Bible says there's three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. When we read the Bible, we're not reading just a book. We're not reading a, a Left Behind or some of these other religious books. We're reading the record that God gave of his son. Prophecy is a record of things uh, to happen and to come to pass. That's why when we look at the record God's given of his son, we're reading prophecy. Amen. Now, I believe in prophets. Uh, I believe what the Bible says about that. Uh, but the prophet better stick with the word of God. Amen. The prophet better stay with the word of God. Uh, some people say, well, the prophets give us all these great new revelations. Uh, well, it may be true, but they better be a revelation of what is written. What did Jesus preach about? He said, it is written. What did he tell the devil? He said, it is written. What did he tell his disciples? He said, it is written. So let's stay with what is written. Amen. We don't need new Bibles. We don't need the 
pearl of great price. Uh, we don't need a second uh, or a third or a fourth revelation of what's already written. There won't be any more revelations uh, of what is written, uh, but what is written is the revelation. What is written is what we need to learn. Uh, learn and search out the scriptures. One Bible verse tells us, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed. You know why most of the church ought to be ashamed? It's because it doesn't study. It reads everything but the word of God. It listens, listens to everything except the spirit of God. What are we to listen to? God said, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. The Spirit, that's God. And he's still talking to the churches. But it's our responsibility to hear. I want to hear everything I can. I can be right in front of some people and they can talk so low that I have to lean forward and do this to hear them. But God doesn't talk low. Amen. Part expression, but God doesn't stutter either. God speaks plainly. One verse of scripture says, the spirit of the Lord speaketh plainly. That in the last days, certain things will happen. There should be perilous times and all these things. Many things we don't want to listen to in the Bible. Amen. I know the majority of people don't want to listen to the commandments of God. They say, well, that's, that's Old Testament and we're living in New Testament time. Well, the Bible says in the New Testament, Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. How much more New Testament can we get? And the book of Revelation says how that this is the, the remnant of God that have faith in Jesus Christ and keep his commandments. God's spirit gave that word. God's spirit did. I've heard a few people tell me that the weird, some of the weird things they were doing, the spirit of the Lord told them to do it. Well, if it doesn't bear out in the scriptures, they're liars, amen? They're li there's a lying spirit going throughout the world. But there's another spirit too. Jesus said there's a spirit of truth and the spirit of error. And the Bible also says the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So if you're saved, you have the spirit of prophecy living in your heart. That's the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of Jesus uh, is truly the Spirit of prophecy, the testimony of Jesus, and he testifies in us. His Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. That's the Spirit of prophecy telling us that we're God's children, giving us an assurance some people have no assurance. You know why? They're not saved. 
They may have come through religion. They may have got baptized in water. They may have taken this ordinance and that ordinance. But if they don't know Jesus Christ, they don't know what the prophecies were all about. Some people, they love prophecy as a study. They love eschatology and all these things. But they may not know Jesus. They may not know the truth that will make them free. I'm talking about the Word of God. In John chapter 8, Jesus said, If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. I've said this before, but years ago, somebody called over to the house, and Gail answered the phone. And whoever this person was, they knew me. They knew some of the things I've studied. But Gail hadn't talked to him before. And they asked Gail, says, aren't you glad y'all are in the truth? And Gail said, oh, yeah. <laughs> she had no idea what these people were talking about. But the problem is, they weren't talking about the truth of the gospel. They were talking about what they considered this special truth that they have just recently come into. Well, we need the truth. Amen. We need the truth of the gospel. We need to go back to the foundation of all things, which is Jesus Christ. 